Hello, Beauty News family. We've got some more backup content for we you. We do. We don't know when this is going up. No. But hopefully it will keep you amused when we can't provide a Beauty News episode because Bubba's on the way. It is. We're so excited. Large and in charge. Oh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Um, okay, so today we want to talk about brands that have been dethroned by other brands yeah and this is a concept that we've sort of seen a few channels talk about so we're not saying that this is our, our idea. idea oh my god but we, no. yeah there's a few cha channels that have spoken about this sort of con concept but we don't know the first one that did it so makes it hard but we thought it was an interesting sort of makeup discussion topic that would make yeah. for a good sort of visual or audio podcast yeah um while we're away and we have been following the beauty community and been using makeup for beauty community for me is probably 10 years yeah um, mine would probably wouldn't be quite that long it's probably more like eight years yeah but um, following makeup brands uh, have been way longer than a long that. long long so, time so you know we do I do distinctly remember when things were popular and that aren't popular anymore mm -hmm. um and I remember the like the effect that something like the Urban Decay Naked palette had on the beauty industry. So, um, you know, I feel like it's an interesting discussion to have. So, yes, that's what we're doing today. Excellent. So let's start with probably the oldest juggernaut of the makeup world. Well, the the really popular one that was because yeah, yeah, yeah. we can look at things like oh, Estee Lauder yeah, and Cozy that, that have been and, yeah, going no. around for a hundred years. No, but. This one is probably one of the most well-known and at one stage hugely loved and coveted, MAC. Yeah, definitely. MAC was, I remember when YouTube and the beauty community online first started, oh. people dedicated channels to MAC. Just to MAC. Now we have other brands that they're dedicated to. Yes, uh, and one that we think has taken over. Um, but definitely there were people that had a lot of, um, you know, Mac in their channel oh, names and, you massive, know. Massive, massive. Yeah, things like, um, you know, Mac starter kits and yep. best products from Mac and all that kind of stuff. Like whole collection yep. of like their eyeshadow swatches, lip swatches, like just massive. That kicked off a lot of channels. It did. So it really, really it was, did. It was huge. Huge. And also, if you were sort of watching YouTube beauty videos in the early days, you would nobody if you weren't using Mac. I'm just going to put that out there. There are still countries, though, that are like that. Mm -hmm. I just feel like the sort of Western culture has changed completely. Yeah, and I would agree with that. That's partly because Mac has, is sort of the scapegoat for um, animal testing. Yeah. And we're not going to get into that at no. all. But I know places like um, we've got a friend that is from India and she uh, grew up here, but she's back in India at the moment. Hi, Shalana. Um, we hi, love Shalana. you. Uh, so she's doing uh, she's a makeup artist there. And she would say that she would have all these brands that are really cool brands like Fenty and all this kind of stuff. But um, there will always be clients that go, do you Mac? use Mac? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, Mac is still really well known in other countries and it's well known here. It's just yeah. people have boycotted it to the shithouse. Yeah. Um, but the first brand, so we actually think there's, it's sort of like a. It's a little chain. It's a chain. Yep. Uh, I think the first brand that sort of took down Mac and just an element of Mac and it was their Mac, it was a Mac eyeshadows was definitely Makeup Geek. Yeah, so probably sure. about five years ago when Makeup Geek 
uh, released a lot of single eyeshadows and um, you could make your own palettes and whatnot, which is what you could do at MAC as well. But MAC eyeshadows were always a couple of times more expensive. Yeah. Like in Australia, they're still like $30 a little pan, which is ridiculous. They're so expensive. But at the, at the time, I think they might have been... 15 or $17 in the US, whatever they yep. were. Um, but because Makeup Geek came out with $6 eyeshadows, um, it totally changed things. It did. So and the quality was good. It was comparable. Yeah, it was. Absolutely. Like I wouldn't say MAC eyeshadows are the best quality in the world. No. At the time, they were very popular. And I wouldn't say but that Makeup Geek... But we didn't have geek, too much to compare exactly it to. Right. That's something that's really important in, to Ingredients keep. and yeah. stuff has evolved. Yeah. Absolutely. So I think they were very comparable. And I think um, MAC took a big hit with eyeshadows because... Of makeup geek and they had to reduce their prices to match 100%. them in they the did. u.s in they the US. really really did now makeup geek didn't really last so they were also surpassed by another brand that is even cheaper yeah Colourpop. so yeah. again you know we're looking at a brand that no it doesn't have the best quality eyeshadows but it's certainly comparable and they are definitely cheaper yeah. they're also widely available now you can find ColourPop in stores they ship globally it's affordable and they always have some sort of sale or deal going on with their eyeshadows yeah if you look at back in the day making an eyeshadow palette just of mac mm -hmm. oh it was like hundreds of dollars i've almost. done it yeah i've done it hundreds of dollars and then even Makeup Geek, they reformulated and rebranded mm -hmm. and brought out big eyeshadow palettes that are still hundreds of dollars. Yeah. Whereas you can do the, um, you know, build, build your, your own, own palette with ColourPop and they end up being like $40 or something. Yeah. So they totally cut the costs um, and they delivered a wider range of colors and finishes. Mm. And even though, again, they might not be as good quality compared to some makeup geek no. and some mac but overall people are willing to take the minute hit on quality for range and price yeah definitely and look i know that if it came to me being like oh shit i've got no eyeshadows and i want to make a custom palette mm. i would just shop at ColourPop because yeah. for the most part their formula is fine i can work with it why would I spend the money on Mac when I know that I'm not going to be super happy with the quality compared to the price tag? Yeah. I think if you look at look at quality versus price, yeah. Um uh, even yeah. It depends on what you're after. If you're after just quantity, yeah. or you know, but even then Mac aren't that great quality. You'd no. go somewhere else for yeah. quality. So I know I would. Yeah, like, I would. don't get me wrong, Mac in terms of just eyeshadows, sometimes they release some really special stuff. Stylishly yeah. merry, for Christ's sake. Yeah. Um, and they've had other like beautiful sparkly eyeshadows that are top notch. Um, and I look at them and I'm like, okay, you're special. But if I'm buying like a 20 pan palette of 10 mattes and 10 shimmers, yeah, and I'm, I'm just looking back. for the like the basics to sort of create something to start with, I ain't going to MAC. No. I think one thing that like Makeup Geek never did that ColourPop is doing a bit better is that they're bringing out a wider range of things. I think yeah. Makeup Geek tried to bring out, they brought out blushes and highlighters yeah. and bronzers and lip products um, and like pigments and whatnot, but they sort of fell flat. Mm. Whereas I think ColourPop are better at 
widening the range, which I think also makes it more comparable to Mac mm. uh, because Mac is a makeup artist brand. Yeah. Or, started as a makeup artist brand so they have a really wide range mm. but i one thing i do have to say and i still like mac so shoot yeah. me yeah um i do think that their versatility in their range is far better than ColourPop. um and if you did want something like drops or this or that yeah. or whatever it happens yeah. to be i have to agree with they you. have a lot yeah. like they actually have a lot <laughs> The eyeshadows are one of the least, my least favourite things yeah, in the range. I, I think, agree. So I think they do offer a lot. but I In think terms of ranges overall, MAC still surpass absolutely. ColourPop. Um, and, you know, I think about if I wanted to buy a highlighter, right, just like one highlighter because suddenly I lost all of them, I wouldn't go to ColourPop no, to buy it. I'd go to MAC as well. I would actually go to MAC and I'd buy like a light scapade or something like that soft and gentle uh, yeah soft and gentle because i know that the quality is outstanding and it's going to last me a fucking lifetime anyway so it doesn't matter investing that little bit of extra money yeah, whereas with ColourPop, i'm like look you got it but it's cheap and nasty so yeah i yeah, agree so yeah. i think in terms of um <clears throat> where it sits in the market i do think from makeup lovers mm. Colourpop has taken the because again these days you do see Instagram accounts and channels dedicated to exactly. Colourpop. So yeah. I think they've taken over the crown from Mac, but mm. I don't think they've replaced Mac. In no, no. I think people really love Colourpop because they are so so affordable. They do try to innovate and bring out new things mm -hmm. and keep things fresh. Um, but if something does fall flat, it's not too bad yeah, it doesn't hit your pocket too hard not too expensive yeah and if it's a good product then it's you're like totally cost me like it. eight bucks and it's fucking awesome i love yeah. it one thing i just thought about as well is that what where they are parallel as well is mac were always well known for bringing out collaborations mm. and ColourPop have totally taken that over they and have. they're doing yeah, better yeah, collaborations yeah faster collaborations, more relevant mm. collaborations and cheaper collaborations yeah. that don't compromise on packaging or quality. Something that they're both doing the same though yeah. is repeating the same old oh, collaboration yeah. people. That's like, true. Let's do round two or three and four That's or five true. and six. They do do so that. So there you go. Colourpop's worse at that. Colourpop is Mac. <laughs> yes. That's what we deduced. We did. Yes. All right. Next one. Uh, this is an interesting one. Mm. Um, so... Back in the day, and I, I don't know exactly when the brands first released their products, mm. but back in the day, if you wanted to get a brow product, before brow products were popular, to yeah. be fair, the brand that actually did make, make brow, popular. Pop, brow products products popular was Anastasia Beverly yep, Hills. 100%. Um, so Anastasia Beverly Hills started as, like, Anastasia was a brow like artist beauty and beauty salon thing yeah. but they, yeah. it was mainly for brows and then they brought out the brow range and then mm. they brought out dip out brow pomade which made the instagram brow thing yeah. popular so they brought brows into the market but if you were savvy and wanted to get your brows done prior to that you would go to benefit yeah so benefit had like their the brow bars yeah they had their brow bars they had like their waxes and powders yep. and they had their like gimme brow that was really popular if you were a brow person. Yep. But at the time, not many people were doing brows. No. Or it wasn't not, part of someone's regular routine. It wasn't like, it wasn't a critical part of your routine for most people where you'd be like, 
I'm buying a full face musket brow stuff. Yes. It would yeah. be like foundation, concealer, powder. Blush. Blush. Yeah, mascara. Lip gloss, yeah, mascara. Yeah. yeah. Brows yeah. were ignored. So um, even though Ben, so I think Benefit was the brand that was totally surpassed by Anastasia Beverly Hills. Yeah. They did try to claw back a few years ago by widening their brow range, and they've got some really good products in there. They do, including Absolutely. a good brow pomade that I think is better than the Anastasia Dip Fair. Brow. Um, and you know, micro brow, brow pencils because Anastasia had um, the um, whatever their micro brow pencil was. Yeah. But that was pretty much like um, quite innovative at the time as mm. well. Like Mac had them, but Anastasia definitely brought brows to the party. Yeah. So I think, yeah, benefit in terms of brows, they were definitely surpassed by Anastasia Beverly Hills. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. And ABH really put brows on oh, the absolutely. map. Like 100%. And contour kits. Oh, yeah, for sure. Contour kits, highlighter kits, yep. they put that on the map. They did. Um, I think the only thing that uh, benefit are still holding on to was Hula Bronzer. Mm-hmm. It's good bronzer. It's a good bronzer. Like, that's cool. Don't ever discontinue it. Otherwise, yeah, we can't be friends anymore. Yeah, but that's the only thing I think that they yeah. still were like, we've got this thing that people like. Yeah. This one thing. Hold on to it. All right. Next brand that we're going to talk about was one that was beloved by yes. many. It was stand so hard and then a lot of things happened and along came another brand to just take the throne yeah like there's a few things that you can try to guess but there's a few Mm -hmm. things that are comparable with these brands one they are not owned entirely they're actually made by the same parent company company. they are and also they both have a face of a celebrity attached to them Um, Kat Von D Beauty and Fenty. So I think the two things that made Kat Von D uh, Beauty really popular was um, firstly, the sort of vibe of it at the time was really popular. So that alternative sort of gothic almost style um, was really, really popular in the mainstream. You know, people were getting out of the emo phase and getting into like the gothic kind of thing. Mm. And people were looking for makeup that was really bold and colourful that you couldn't find elsewhere. Also, when they um, made a lot of vegan products and then transitioned into only vegan products, that hit a sort of genre that was really hard to get elsewhere. So pretty much if you were a vegan wanting vegan makeup, you had a whole collection of Kat Von D. Yes, correct. That was what you it did. was like a few years ago. Yeah, and it was cool. Yeah, it mm-hmm. was like, yep, you Look have a great I makeup got a skateboard. <laughs> That's kind of what it was like. <laughs> sort of. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was definitely um, the popular thing. I think what killed it, definitely recently Kat Von D herself killed it, mm. but I think what also killed it was that sort of trend got out of fashion and so many other brands were making vegan only cruelty-free and vegan products. So you couldn't like what it was, people would go into Sephora and be like, where's your vegan makeup? And they'd be like, Kat Von D. Whereas now it's like, where's your vegan makeup? They're like, there's this, there's that, there's that, there's that. Take your pin. So I think that sort of killed it, but definitely Fenty came in and I think. Smashed it. Yeah, sort of nail in the coffin a little bit. Fenty came in before Kat Von D sort of went down in a screaming heap of hatred. Poo-poo. Yes. And I think the thing that Fenty did really smart was they launched a massive range of fairly popular foundations. Um, 
And, and people, campaigned for wide shade ranges. Yes, yeah. At so, a time where, um, where there wasn't people weren't enough. really doing that. Yeah. yeah, and people were, community was asking for it, but brands weren't delivering it. Correct. Um, so they did start off on a really good foot um, and it was just a natural progression for Fenty to take the throne yeah. once people pushed Kat Von D Beauty off it. Yeah, and I think, you know, um, the parent company that owns them both is, they're probably... Yeah, it's owned by Kendo. Yeah, they're probably like, that's fine because one's taking care of the other, we're still making money. But I definitely think that, you know, pretty much the premise of what they did was similar Mm. in just different ways. So you have a celebrity that's campaigning for vegan makeup in a time where that sort of aesthetic is really popular and now you've got a celebrity campaigning for um, inclusivity mm. at a time where like the aesthetics that they're going for is popular yep. so that it's the same concept and you might see in the future that um fenty will be taken over by someone else probably once the shine wears off yeah i think it's starting to like i think people still love fenty yeah um but i don't think that they've released anything as popular as their foundation range and maybe their lip glosses yes yeah i get that vibe as and that was released in their first yeah batch of releases so i feel like they're they're sort of still you know popular yep. but they're you know they could definitely fade away and do a cat von d in the next few years yeah yeah i yeah. i think so someone could definitely come along and take their place yeah um let's do some high-end brands we'll start with ysl burberry tom ford yeah kind of brands they were like about five years ago if you wanted to be a fancy schmancy oh, person yeah. you, you would be buy a, bitch. a tom ford quad or, or a burberry, a burberry quad yeah there were quads for some reason mm-hmm. where like people were just like quad mad um and you'd see you know so many videos being like testing out the blah 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 quad yeah. and people were like oh my god i can't believe you can afford that this was like when people were starting to delve into higher end yeah. and it was like the bee's knees. Oh, absolutely. It was massive. Yeah. Now, if we look at some um, high-end brands that have sort of come along and probably pushed them out of the way uh, with, I suppose, the fact that they're just fresh, we would look at brands like Natasha Denona. Definitely. Pat McGrath. Uh, I did have another one Charlotte here. Tilbury. Charlotte Tilbury. Yeah. 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 Charlotte Tilbury probably in the more affordable range of that, but still massively popular. I would question that though because in <laughs> Australia, if you want to buy it online, yeah. a quad mm. is 80 Australian dollars. Mm-hmm. So I would not say that's more affordable because you can buy a palette of okay. Natasha Denona just over a hundred or whatever it happens. Or, That's fair. So, you That's know, they're fair. still very, very expensive. I would just say that Charlotte Tilbury is more of a comparison to the Burberry Absolutely. and Tom yes. Ford quads because they're very, very similar. They're yep. a quad. you got basic colour stories. They're generally not very inventive. Um, but, yeah, I think that's a, a more direct comparison. Yeah. Um, and I think Charlotte Tilbury, probably what keeps them going is – their whole range is pretty solid. Like if you are into quality, mm-hmm. but like um, sort of maybe not wild colours no, or wild finishes. It's more like... Um, rich uh, white lady makeup. Yeah, it, it's like it's made to enhance what you've already got and like perfect yourself. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, yeah. But they do make good quality products. Yeah. Like I gotta say, she worth it. Yeah. Bitch worth it. Yeah. So if you're into the quality, like you know, yeah, it is what it is. yeah. But um, yeah, I definitely think um, probably what's more tr- like. So I think that's more comparable. But mm. I think what's probably more trendy, definitely Natasha Denona. Yeah. Um, smashed it out of the park with um, better quality eyeshadows. Yeah. Questionable. Some are better. Some are mm-hmm. uh, it's a bit. Yeah, but higher end eyeshadows. Yeah, and then also Pat McGrath came in and was like, "You want some bougie eyeshadows? Here, I've got some bougie eyeshadows for you." So now the status symbol is more, "I've got Pat McGrath," rather than "I've I've got got a Tom Tom Ford." Ford. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think they've sort of taken over those high end roles for sure. I agree. I have to agree. Yep. Um, We do have some more high end brands. I think we should talk about them before we move on. Let's do Estee Lauder and Lancome. The dinosaurs. The dinosaurs. So these, <laughs> look, these are brands that I look at and I'm like, this is where I send my nana. Yes. I, I wouldn't even send my mum there yet, but I send my nana there. Yeah. Um, and they, I just feel like they have never, ever tried to really catch up with like modern times or they've tried and massively failed failed, like yeah you look at estee edit for example actually yeah yeah that was a piece of trash they really tried to get the millennials with that um and estee lauder i do know because i used to have a friend that worked there um they really try to to be like look we're We're cool cool. i've got a skateboard too (laughs) (laughs) no yeah but they fail stay off that skateboard you'll break a hip yeah. yeah, I do. I feel like um, the issue with Estee Lauder in particular is that there's a divide of the people running the show are old men and they are completely disconnected from what women our age, younger and even older really and, want. And also men. I can't yeah. imagine any man that wears makeup going in and being like oh i can't wait to check out estee lauder yeah like like i can't wait to check out that new release you get a bit of a side eye from the old decrepit person that's trying to serve you occasionally estee lauder look like they're trying and what i can say is sometimes they have good products yeah they do good quality like beautiful formula yeah so you know the potential is absolutely there but they're just not really hitting the mark but who is hitting the mark is Hourglass. Yeah, fucking oath. They are a brand that I look at that I consider to be very mature, um, high-end, yep. hoity-toity, bougie as fuck, uh, but still very much in touch with a what l- people want. Yeah, a huge age range of people who want to shop. And from both sexes. Yeah, and it's not it's not alienating. Like I understand yeah. that there may be um their concealer releases recently people yeah that was didn't love yeah, the shade range yeah. and whatnot and I, I respect that but i also feel like what they do is they deliver products that it again enhance beauty yeah so that is a, but also give you a bit of bold element if, if you, you want, want it, a yeah. bit of boldness they'll have it otherwise they have the sort of softer enhancing yeah. stuff um but it it's something that younger people and older people gravitate and, yes, towards everyone in between everyone in between yeah. whereas yeah. i think estee lauder it's sort of like you either go there because your mum got you onto it <laughs> and you haven't looked elsewhere yeah. um or, or your nana knows that you love makeup so she bought you an estee lauder red like, lipstick yeah or a yeah. like gift with purchase <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, hey 
used to love them. Yeah, yeah, true. I used to love them. I wouldn't too. say no if someone gave it to me for nostalgia That's reasons. That's true, but um, definitely I know uh, they're. The, the way they make most of their money yeah. is by the rich old women that come back every again few and months and, and just buy a thousand dollars worth of stuff. Yeah. And that's their whole makeup and skincare yeah, yeah. like purchasing yeah. forever. I think that's so that's how they fair. make their money. Whereas I think hourglass has definitely come in and gone, look, we can tap into those people and other people, yeah. make people look good, feel good, feel a bit bougie while doing it. And um, they're very much in touch with the market yeah. and who they want their market to be. Yeah. And they're like, everyone, you got money, <laughs> you are our customer. They have said that uh, I think by the end of this year, everything's going to become vegan. vegan. It's, yeah. it's been cruelty free, but yeah. they're making it all vegan. So they're trumping Estee Lauder they and Moncom anyway. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they're, they're smashing they're it. They're actually in tune with what's going on. Correct. Yeah. All right. So we've got a brand that probably about five years ago, again, was sort of like dominating. Oh, massive. You can probably say that. And even probably going back, would it be fair to say like six and seven years ago? Yeah. Well, yeah. I think that their big release was nearly 10 2012. years ago. 2012. 2011 was their, their, their item moment that to shine. put them on the map. Yeah, so that's Urban Decay. Mm -hmm. So Urban Decay actually, like, similar to how we were talking about Anastasia Beverly Hills changing the brow game, yeah. Urban Decay changed the eyeshadow game by mm. releasing the Naked Palette. Yeah. So the Naked Palette was the first time palettes were a thing yeah. and that people wanted palettes. Yeah, you could get, like, small like things. Like five-pan things, Or you could get them made things. up at, like, professional makeup stores. Or the build-your-own things yep. at MAC and whatnot. Yep. But if we were looking at strictly consumer-based eyeshadow palettes. Wasn't a thing. No, wasn't a thing. And Urban Decay came along and went, ta-da. And they were just, Have people it. were just like, what? Yeah, the we fuck? Were, everyone was like, what? Yeah. And that was the start of palettes. Yeah, it was. They yeah. smashed it. Because prior to that, it was quads, trios. I remember I had a quint from Revlon that I loved. Yeah. Um, or it was, you know, makeup artists building mm -hmm. their own. That yeah. was pretty much your options. Yeah. So Urban Decay was massive. Mm. I think they were riding the wave of the naked palettes for quite some time. Yeah. Um, and then they sort of took a bit of a nosedive. And they yeah. tried to claw their way back up and they're not they're not uh, they haven't gone, obviously. No, no, they're still around, people not. still love them, I still love some of their products. Um but we do think a couple of brands have taken over from them in two different elements. Yeah. So Urban Decay were always known as like the alternative, similar to prior to Kat Von D. Yes. So Kat Von D was like the alternative gothic sort of thing. Prior to that, the sort of um, grungy vibe yeah. was Urban Decay. Bit street edgy yeah. vibe yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. it was Urban, Urban Decay, Decay. Yeah. for sure. And they yeah. had a lot of drug references, a lot they of stuff did. like yeah. that in their, yeah. their makeup because they started, um, you know, in that kind of way. Yeah. Um, so they were, they did push the boundaries a little bit with colour and then they became quite popular for their naked uh, yes. range. So they had sort of two elements. People came to them for cool colours and also um, their naked palettes. So I think their naked palettes were taken over by Too Faced. Mm -hmm. Too Faced brought out the chocolate bar palettes yep. and have just been going the naked route, like bang, bang, bang ever since. And yeah, even though Too much. Faced have sort of fallen from grace here and there and they pop back up and then they disappear again and they pop back up with the peach stuff and then yep. they disappear again. Um, they, they still revamp themselves. They like, do. Even now, if we still look at like 
naked style palettes. The born this way new one is the fucking is the bomb. It's the bee's knees. It actually is. Like I'm gonna go get it tattooed on my thigh with a little bee on my knee. Because no, I'm not gonna do that. But it's really like it's a great palette. So they're they're still uh, Two Face is still sort of holding on to their like naked thing of the past but still trying to revamp it and i think that's why they still manage to maintain some relevancy whereas i look at urban decay now and i'm like if you release another naked palette i might actually kill you (laughs) but also their naked palettes are becoming less and less naked they are because they're having to adapt yeah yeah but where i think um a brand has taken over from their color story and or their color side and they're Mm. sort of like grungier side is melt yeah. so melt have um they had their stacks and they had like their neon stack and they had their you know rust stack or whatever yeah. and they're now focusing on palettes mm-hmm. but their palettes are a lot more grungier and a lot more alternative and a lot more interesting yeah a little and, bit old school urban decay yeah it's sort of yeah. like it but it's it's it they're unique like they yeah. brought out for valentine's day pretty much a pink and a gray palette mm. which that color story like it's okay. It's probably been done before, but it's yeah. a fresh take on it. So it I is. feel like it was a sexy little palette. Yeah. So it wasn't for me, but it was. I think, especially looking at their holiday collection last year, mm. um, they can really oh. put together some interesting color yeah. stories. And I think that's where they shine, and they've taken over from Urban Decay. They also sure. smash it with their packaging, yeah. reminding me of that holiday collection. Like that yeah. was outstanding and yeah. urban decay used to do a lot of really interesting packaging yeah. stuff yeah and they so, don't really do that much yeah anymore. yeah all right another sort of colorful takeover in my opinion mm. um and this one is probably controversial because of the friendship yeah yeah thing we're gonna going get on. into a little triangle we're gonna get into a little friendship triangle which we're not going to talk about but you know no. they were friends and now they're not yeah yeah and, um, Lime Crime were well known for sort of indie color makeup. Yes. Massive. They brought out their unicorn lipsticks, changed the game. Man, those unicorn lipsticks were so popular. So good. And they were great. Yeah. And then they brought out nail polish, they brought out eyeshadow palettes, yeah. they brought out whatever. So, and then they stopped being indie because they were bought out, whatever. Yeah. Um, so Lime Crime were like, if you wanted color and like pastels and fun colors, you go to Lime Crime. Yeah. That was for sure. massive. Also, if you wanted good, colourful eyeshadows, you go to Sugar Pill. So Sugar Pill were the ones, again, pretty pricey. Um, You could build your own palette or buy the quads. Yeah. And they started with the quads and they had the bigger palette and then you build your own or whatever. Um, But so if you wanted lip products, Lime Crime. If you wanted coloured eyeshadows, Sugar Pill. Yeah, for sure. Person that took over that... Jeffree Star. Yeah, Jeffree Star for sure. Yeah, Um, he came in and steamrolled that. He was just like, beep, beep. Get out the way, bitches. I'm coming through. I'm coming through with the lipsticks, the eyeshadows, and the highlighters, and everything else, and go fuck yourself. And they were all, at the time, sort of indie brands. They were fairly big indie brands and successful indie brands that all sold vegan items. And he came over and he's just like, I'm going to tell you to all get fucked, and I'm going to bombard you with my shit. And he's done that. He did. He did. Another brand that we could sort of... Um, put in this category as well as taking over, especially in the aspect of Sugar Pills eyeshadows, mm-hmm. would be Juvia's Place. Yeah, I agree. Because they offered um, 
Similar sort of colour stories. Yeah, similar colour stories, similar concept. It was designed much more for women of colour mm -hmm. uh, to, you know, offer them the richness and vibrancy that they need. But I feel like when I look at Juvia's Place, I see some hints of sugar pill. I agree. And I see how they... Um, they took that and they turned it into something special for themselves. Yeah, and I think what they've done that was smart was Sugar Pill has always been pretty pricey. Oh, yeah. Um, so if you buy a single or you buy a quad or you build your own, you're generally digging pretty deep into your pocket for yeah. the quality and um, to know that it's going to an indie brand and da-da-da. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think Juvia's Place did that on a budget. Yeah. So they can offer the same, like if you want a vibrant red matte or a vibrant purple matte, you can get them from Juvia's Place. Uh, okay, you can't get them in the same format. You can't buy them in singles. You can't make your own palettes, but you can buy a palette that has some pretty bold comparable colours and they have sales all the time. So I yeah. think they sort of took over a bit just because they offer a similar thing, but mm. just better value. Yeah, they did what, like, if you look at MAC versus Colourpop yes. and, you yes. know, Sugar Pill versus Juvia's Place sort of thing. Yeah, So I agree. Yeah, yeah. I agree. A brand that I don't even know if you guys will remember this brand. Hands up if you do. Coastal Scents. <laughs> I remember. And we're also going to um, put Sleek in this family as well. So what we're looking at here is very very affordable makeup yeah that is uh quite trendy it's you would probably consider it the color pop of like five plus years ago maybe yeah kind of yeah in that well, maybe sort of even longer. Yeah, yeah it was a long i think it was yeah one of the sleek palettes was probably one of my first real like yeah palettes that i bought yeah um and i remember i didn't oh, i did buy a coastal sets one actually but i i remember coastal sense you know, people would have the one massive Coastal yeah. Sense palette and they would do like, they'd do 50 yeah, looks like on YouTube. Yeah, those like hundred and something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, God, I remember. I remember. Yeah. Um, so these brands, yeah, they basically brought super affordable makeup to the And masses. a lot of it. Yes, a lot of it. And who took them over was Morphe. Definitely. Morphe just sort of come in and they, dominated they, them. They fucked them. Definitely, because the big palettes um, Morphe took over, like they just, it, they were like, this is our thing now, bitch. Yeah. Um, and they are continuing to do that. They are, I also yeah. think that when it comes to the other Morphe offerings, mm -hmm. so their bronzers, their highlighters, their lipsticks, Sleek, like they're pretty much potentially on par with Sleek or a little bit better than Sleek. I would say um, in terms of quality. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. and they sort of have totally replaced. Like Sleek is still trying to be like, we're still here. We're still here. And look, Sleek is still on my radar because I love their eyeshadow palettes. They just need yeah. to release more and I want colour stories that I like. Yeah, I think, That's look. That's my issue. We're also talking from an Australian perspective yeah. um, where we see UK and US influencers. Yeah. Sleek is definitely more popular in, in the the UK. So, mm -hmm. you know, people might say, Sleek is still part of my daily life. Yeah. And it could be. But yeah. I think worldwide, um, Sleek was – like, I used to place Sleek orders all the time. Yeah. I used to, I, like – I'd be like, look, I want this and 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 I can't wait to order it. So yeah. I'm going to order it and it's going to be amazing. Yeah. Or if I had a sale, I'm like, I'm definitely buying these three palettes. 
Whereas I, I think that has definitely been replaced um, with Morphe. So, um, yeah, Coastal Sense is not even a fucking thing anymore. No, I don't even know if they still exist. They might. but I, They might. But they're not on my radar. No. I don't no. think we've ever mentioned them in Beauty News. No. <laughs> no, never will. Let's talk about a brand that was hugely popular for their masks. Glam Glow. Massive. So they, uh, they had the Glam Glow. The, that mud. Youth the, mud mask. I understand why people like that. You put yeah. it on, it was great for oily skin, then you wash it off and scrub it off. Left your skin like so goddamn soft. So soft. Um, They're so fucking expensive. So expensive. And also not actually that great for your skin. But yeah, that's true. we're not here to judge what people like to use as skincare. Yeah. But I think they took a nosedive and they probably Probably people still think they're really popular and that's totally fine. But I think they took a nosedive when all they did was Where's create masks? different colours of the same masks. And, oh, this is a glitter version of the same mask yeah. that you can really buy, but it's more expensive because we're collaborating with fucking Power Rangers. Yeah. They, you just, could... they just they almost did a beauty blender where they just changed the colour of the yeah. same thing. They're like, yeah. you need this too. I'm like, no, I don't. You need to fuck off. I actually off. don't need yeah. this. Yeah. I don't want your fucking glue mask no. with glitter in it. I don't I don't see the benefit of it. I'm not paying $80 for it. Go get fucked. Yeah. The problem with Glam Glow is they rode on the coattails of that one amazing release. Yeah. And they didn't innovate quickly enough to maintain, maintain the momentum. Maintain the momentum. Yeah. yeah. yeah um, I agree. That, you know, they did bring out new masks like hydrating ones and cleansers and all that stuff but none of them really hit the mark of the original youth mud mask um and you know now they're bringing out i think they've brought out like other they brought out a moisturizer with tinted base and stuff still, like that they're still, like they're, they're, they're they're still doing stuff but it's not sticking. They're not doing great but if we look at some uh skincare brands that have come in and sort of Change the game a little bit. Drunk Elephant. Yeah, I think definitely shifting focus. Yeah. 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 Drunk Just, Elephant for sure. Yeah. Um, Drunk Elephant's a funny one though because I don't like Drunk Elephant. It's very expensive for what it is. Very expensive. Yeah. And I don't think they're well formulated. Um, in my opinion, they have, you know, actives and whatnot, mm. but it's not balanced well enough that it's actually good for your skin. Mm. I get sensitive skin, so for me, it's just like I can use actives from other brands, mm. and then I use the same sort of active from Drunk Elephant, and my skin's like, "You're getting contact dermatitis today." And I'm Suck like, "Suck it, bitch!" Thank you, Drunk Elephant. You can't. Um, <laughs> so for me, I just think it's overpriced, similar yeah. to Glam Glow. So they're yeah. on par. Yeah, overpriced, not worth it in my yeah. opinion. But they're definitely going from strength to strength. And they I think are. that's marketing. I think yeah. for some reason they've been blessed with some good fucking reviews or something. They got crops. They got crops. Yeah. Illuminati the crops, confirmed crops. The crops were were, were good that, that season. and they, they just, Yeah. They keep going. Another one that you could definitely say is overpriced, not what it's worth, and doing good with their crops is for Sali. Uh, again, this is like people love to drop shit on their face. It's like they like to see the jizz. It's not the jizz on yeah, the face. Yeah, that's the funny thing about that, though. That, that I reckon, yeah. They, they rode the wave of, and it wasn't even Fasali, right? Like they were perpetuating it, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. But what made, there were 
Instagram accounts that became popular overnight because it looked like there were women who were beautiful women dropping cum on their face. And that's where, and then people will click on it and people will view it and people will be like, what's that? And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's a fucking primer, big fucking deal. But that is honestly what launched Fasali. 100%. And launched a lot of Instagram accounts, which is ridiculous. A gimmicky product. It's not actually that good for your skin, and, but expensive. Hello, Glow. And there's like 12 or 14-year-olds going, oh, is this porn? No. Skincare, you dumb fucks. But that's what launched that. Which is ridiculous. So She's not lying. It's ridiculous. Preach. The, Louder for the, the concept. In the, back. the concept is just so, like, outrageous. But yeah. it's, the, it's how it works. Anyway, it so, is. Yeah. So, yeah. So, they have taken over from that sort of gimmicky you know, Instagram yeah. pushing, making the, like, and again, like Glam Glow, they rely on people putting fancy looking masks on and going, and I'm then peeling, peeling off a glitter mask. Here's a stencil for your glitter shit. Yeah. So they're, they're relying on the same sort of ta- like tactics when it comes yeah. to marketing. Um, and I definitely think that, you know, Glam Glow are on their way out. Um, Drunk Elephant are going from strength to strength. They're yeah. not relying on jizz face which yeah. is good um but for sally yeah they are trying to innovate like we've got some new lip products and moisturizer and stuff coming to, from them yeah so hopefully they're like look we can do drops again in the future but let's just yeah. rein it in a little bit because yeah. we're writing something that's getting old fast now one brand that i reckon is going to come along or is it's sort of like it's there it's there in the background yeah, it hasn't, reckon, hasn't fully dominated yeah that. but i reckon they could that's glow recipe yeah so they are tapping into a market of beautiful packaging pretty mm-hmm. good formulas yeah they're expensive um but they also have tapped into that sort of you smell like fresh fruit Yes. Except the pineapple stuff. That smells like soy sauce. You smell like sauce. sweet soy sauce. <laughs> but <laughs> their watermelon range is very popular. Yeah. So yeah. I reckon they could be a little like dark yeah, horse think, that comes in. Yeah, and, I think they're going to be coming through. And yeah. I think they're going to be sort of on par with Drunk Elephant. Yeah. Um, you know, not as active, but, you know, still, still giving you that yeah. sort of, I feel like I'm doing something great. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I, look, I'm, I'm going to say... These brands that we okay, maybe besides Glow Recipe, because I do think Glow Recipe is yet to really take off, really yeah. take off. But I definitely think Drunk Elephant and Fasali they will be replaced by something else very soon because yeah. they sort of rely a little bit on not Drunk Elephant so much, but Fasali definitely relies yeah. on gimmicks, yeah. and that that is only. That only lasts until the gimmick until the gimmick gets old. Yeah, and, and someone comes along with something with too. a different gimmick. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's true. So I think definitely, um, yeah, it's an interesting one. Mm. Mm. So that's it. That's it for our brands that were dethroned. Yeah. Um, let us know down in the comment section if you have any brands that you want to add here. Maybe you have a slightly dis- different perspective which is totally fine which is totally cool maybe it's like based on your location or whatever um or you've thought of a completely new one where you're like this brand was totally shut on by this brand and yeah let us know yeah we hope Please you guys do. enjoyed it if you did give it a thumbs up and we'll see you in the next one bye, bye.